This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's time to know your opponent. Hour number two of ESPN New York Tonight here in the Big Apple. Hardesty and Damer until midnight. Mark Anderson, who covers the Las Vegas Raiders for the Associated Press, was outstanding last week, so he's making – we invited him back. Mark, Hardesty and Damer, Gordon and Larry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, but you guys. Hey, Mark, I know it's the second week, but what, what's been the biggest difference in the Raiders team that you've seen right now under Antonio Pierce so far? Um, the players are much happier, that's for sure. Uh, they, they it just Josh McDaniels is so rigid, so controlling, and yeah, I think just over time they they came to resent it, and uh, and Antonio Pierce is allowing them to be more themselves, and I think you saw that against the Giants last week when the uh, when the they played they played much more freely. Now you get, I don't know if that's going to keep going forward because at some point you got to actually play football. You, know, you can't just rely on motion every week. I think for the first game, you could definitely see it come out. But now now we get to see, you know, if, if, if they can get, actually execute and uh, and make play feet the Jets and, and do something in the second half of the season. Would it be safe to say that uh, Antonio Pierce is more of a, of a player's coach due to the fact that he actually was a player at one point? Oh, there's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's. He one of the first points he made. He said it's a it's the best team the player run teams. So he's going to let these guys basically be the ones in charge. And 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 the the off, new offensive coordinator, Bill Harder, where he actually went to some of the players when they're putting together the game plan for the Giants and got their input on it. And so they, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, had a pretty big. Uh, pretty big role in formulating the game plan last week. So that's uh that that shows you right there that how much how much they're empowering their players. Mark, I know the players had to love that, right? <laughs> Finally to have a chance yeah. at deciding especially Devontae Adams who's not been happy with his lack of uh you know uh, his lack of uh of being effective in this in this offense struggling with Jimmy G and company. Yeah, and Devontae's really been unhappy, even going back to the offseason. You know, he had a uh, – he was quoted, uh, I believe it was in the ringer, saying that, uh, you know, he didn't see eye-to-eye with management in their offseason moves. So that that right there was the first thing. He just did not believe in the direction of, uh, of the organization at that point. And he's been vocal, you know, and he he, he says what he thinks and um, – and, and, and he and he made it clear that, that, that things weren't moving in the right direction, and now he seems to be all supportive of the way things are going. So uh, at least he seems to be having. That's one thing I'll keep about Devontae is you, you always know what you're getting with him. He's he's going to say what he thinks. Mark, we've seen coaching changes in season before provide a spark. The team goes out and gets a surprising win like the Raiders did maybe last week, but it doesn't have a carryover. Do you think that this coaching change will have a carryover to this week against the Jets? That's that's what I'm really curious to see. Um, I mean, the Jets are it's awfully obviously it's a winnable game for either side. It's, uh, it's the Jets only favored by points. It's basically a toss-up game. So yeah, the Raiders could could definitely win that game. There's no question. Um, 
but I think I don't think they can rely on the on the game plan they had against the Giants. Uh, they they really have they they're facing a much better defense this time, and I think you're going to see both teams try to win this game on the ground. Uh, that's what uh, Antonio Pierce said uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, that that's the way he sees this game playing out. And you know, I, I think from the Jets standpoint, you know, how much trust you really have in Zach Wilson, and from the Raiders standpoint, you know, you got a rookie quarterback going against one of the best defenses in the league and sauce Gardner in the, in the secondary. And, and, you know, do you really want him to air it out? I don't think so. So I, th- I think you'll see both teams try to win the game up front and establish the running game early and, 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 and get it done that way. And, and it'll probably be a really low scoring game. What, what changed with Josh Jacobs last week, Mark, that he was able to really key that running game that got what 127, 130 yards on the ground. He he ran. Well, it's funny. Antonio Pierce said he ran angry, and and that kind of is the way Josh Jacobs ran last season. He would he would he would uh, he he was probably the best in the league at breaking tackles. And so it wasn't just he was lining holes up front. He would he would make plays after the initial contact, and that's what he did against the Giants. He got some decent holes, but it was more he was fighting for the extra yardage, and um, and I just think. I'm not. It's not that he didn't necessarily do that before, or try to do that before, but you could, he just had a little bit more extra energy this time. I think he felt before he was only so much part of the game plan, and he knew going into this game he'd be a big part of it. Is Max Crosby rested up from his uh, his monster game last week and ready for another monster game this week? That guy never stops. I'm telling you, it's it's. Uh, yeah, yes. You don't see too many guys like him. He he just he he does not have an off switch at all. Uh, you know the the player, players and coaches talk about how he shows up at six a.m. and leaves at six p.m. and uh, you know his, his off season the same thing. He's always he's always going at the off season. Works with the MMA guy and as far as with MMA and 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 uh, you know he, he just does everything he can to get the most out of himself and this practices are unbelievable and and then you, then you just see all that on game days it's it's the same stuff you get during the week from them too so uh it's just it's he's just he's one of a kind that's for sure mark last one from me i'm i'm and i'm gonna do a little long-term uh query here i'm sure the team believes that they can make a run now right they're happy as you mentioned they're more involved everything so i'm sure they think they can make a run under pierce but is that the best thing for the franchise that they make a run under Pierce as far as getting the necessary draft choices to help turn things around? And does that give Pierce a real shot to take the interim tag removed from the head coaching spot if they do make a run? If they make a run, I think Antonio Pierce has a great shot at the job. Uh, last time, just two years ago, in fact, it was a very similar situation. Rich Passaggia I was given the interim job after John Gruden resigned. Um, and led them to the playoffs. Had this great uh, late season run to the playoffs. Almost beat the Bengals in the wild card round. Had, had a final drive where they could have won the game. And the players loved Rich Passaggia and wanted to keep him. And Mark Davis wanted to go get more of a big name coach. And that's when he brought in Josh McDaniels. And I think McDaniels, I think Davis has remembered that. And there's a real sense now that if, if the same type of scenario plays out again. Where the the team shows real life under Antonio Pierce, and then maybe he 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 could uh, 
be the guy, then I think he'll get. I think Mark Davis this time more likely would would give him the opportunity to be the coach. But I think he's keeping. I think Davis is keeping very much an open mind at this point. Um, you know, you, you do have to be careful about interims handing the job to interims after after success because there's also a history that shows that 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 don't work works against you too. So I think I think Davis has got to put a lot of thought into it. And whether he keeps Antonio Pierce, it goes for someone like a maybe a Jim Harbaugh, something like that. Um, you know, uh, he's, he, at least he has time to think about it. Mark Anderson covers the Raiders for the Associated Press. Thanks for a couple of minutes again this week, and we'll talk to you down the line. Enjoy the game Sunday. What? <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Right. Take care, Mark. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. Now it's time to head to Dallas, Texas. That's where the Giants will be meeting the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday at 425. Calvin Watkins, who does a tremendous job covering the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, joins us. Calvin, Larry Hardesty, and Gordon Damon, the Big Apple, how are you, my friend? I'm good. What's going on? Everything is good. Calvin, let's step back. Let's step back for for a moment. Give me your thoughts on how this Cowboys team responded after a tough loss against the Eagles where they had multiple opportunities where they could have pulled that game out. Yeah, you know, the, the that third quarter in that Cowboys-Eagles game was kind of like the difference where the defense gave up 14 points and, you know, they were on the field for about basically 10 minutes of that period and they were playing catch-up the rest of the night. And, you know, so all week, you know, they've kind of moved off from the Eagles game. Like, you know, we lost, we were competitive. It's a common opponent. We're going to see them in about a month. So they've kind of moved on pretty nicely from that game in comparison to when they got blown out out in San Francisco by the 49ers. And that kind of lingered a little bit, even though they went on to win the next week. But still, there was people talking about that 49er game and how badly they played. But this time, after losing to the Eagles, we didn't get a lot of discussions about, oh, you know, we, we did this, we did that, we just lost it. It was just, we lost, we accept it, we've moved on, we got the Giants. Calvin, let me be the first to apologize for what you're about to witness this week uh, in terms of the Giants' offense. I'm sure you know no, what you're getting yourself I just, into. I just, watched, I just watched the Bears and the Panthers. So <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry. worry. I, I, oh, don't worry. It's going to be even worse than that, Calvin. Trust me. Um, <laughs> have you have, have you done any uh, research to see what the largest blowout combined between the Cowboys and Giants <laughs> Because we're already starting at 40 to nothing <laughs> earlier this year. And that was when the Giants were healthier than what they are now. I mean, this, this week could be, uh, it could be kind of rough. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of mind-boggling. But, but when I first started covering the Cowboys in 2006, the Giants were like the standard, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the division football, you know, a legacy franchise. And over time, it's like, wow, I just can't imagine. I can't believe what has happened to this franchise. And and last year when they made the playoffs, I was like, oh, okay. They, they, you know, they, they probably turned the corner. And then everything has just fallen apart 
for them this year. Um, one thing I have looked up, I did look up, was when was the last time the Cowboys have swept the season series in three consecutive years? And it, it, it was like about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago when that happened. So it, to sweep the season series from the Giants for the last few years, that, that's crazy to me, considering how good the Giants have been for a long time. Well, one of the things that the Giants could use uh... – Calvin is something that you guys seem to have an abundance of, and that's receivers. So, you know, Brandon Mm. Cooks is not able to play. You've got C.D. Lamb is rolling, and the tight end, Jake Ferguson, has been more involved in the offense. Now Martavius Bryant is back. What what are you going to do with all these receivers, Calvin? Martavius Bryant, you're not going to see him until maybe after Christmas, maybe. But, um, you know, C.D. Lamb has been outstanding. Uh, he basically cussed out everybody after the 49ers game, and now all of a sudden they're getting him the ball. Uh, Jake Ferguson has been a godsend for, for Dak Prescott. They kind of developed a really good chemistry the last couple of weeks. He had like a clear high in catches and yards in that Eagles loss. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a little bit of a mystery. Um, he says he's got frustrated, but just from talking to him, uh, I think he is a little bit. He's been like the, the forgotten guy here a little bit. So, but, but if you can't stop C.D. Lamb, you're in for a world of trouble. And and I think the Giants' defense might be in some trouble on Sunday afternoon. Calvin, uh, we were talking about the passing game. The running game has been a little bit mm-hmm. uh, hard to find with Tony Pollard. Is this the week where he where they they kind of focus on him a little bit more and get him going because he's had a little bit of a disappointing start so far. Yeah, the, the biggest problem with them with the running game, and, and Mike McCarthy has said it, and Dak Prescott has said it, they're not running enough. You know, they, you know, you got to get him his touches. You got to get, you got to just run the ball. It's second and eight, you got to keep running it. It's third and two, we got to keep running it, and and they're getting out of it a little bit too quick. So maybe this might be the week where they say, well, if we're if we're establishing anything, it's going to be the running attack. And and Pollard, you know, he. We all like Tony Pollard, but if you guys remember, he's coming off that fractured leg that he suffered in a playoff loss last year to San Francisco. And it takes about a year, really, to fully recover, to get back to where you were. And and so Pollard is not really where he needs to be. The line has struggled at times uh, this season, especially the right tackle turn steal. So all those things, and, and, the running, and, you know, they don't have a thumper. They don't have, like, a big back like a Zeke Elliott. You know, but they had to get rid of Zeke because he's making too much money. So they tried to get Ronald Jones, and then he, he failed a, a performance-enhancing drug test. So they mm-hmm. got rid of him. So you don't have a thumper in the backfield to kind of help that running attack. So until they figure this out, that's, that's going to be the Achilles heel right now. Calvin, whenever we talk Dallas, I guess we got to talk about Dak Prescott, right? What what is What have you seen from him this year? Is this the year that he's able to – you know, take that next that next level and, and get you guys a little bit further into the postseason than you've been over the past couple seasons? I think Dak's having a really good year. Um, I thought one of his best games of the year was last week against Philadelphia, and they lost. Um, but to say that can he take this team to the next level, I'm going to say no because mm-hmm. they cannot beat the 49ers. They, it's just like a boxing match. Styles make fights. 49ers just, just has, they just can't handle them. The Eagles, they, they can't beat them. So until you beat those two teams, and those two teams are at the top of the conference, 
Um, I'm going to have to say I, I can't believe that you can take this team to the next level. Even though Dak is playing very well right now, but in you know a big game against San Francisco, he did not play well. He did play well against uh, the Eagles, but they lost. So as you guys know, this is a result-oriented business. And right now the Cowboys are 0-2 against public attending teams in the conference. Calvin, last one for me. Um, the, the the defense already had a pretty signature performance in the season opener. Um, what do you mm. expect to see this defense come up with uh, this time around against the Giants team that's going with really a third-string quarterback and Tommy DeVito has not had a whole lot of experience in the NFL? I don't think anybody – I looked up Tommy DeVito because I, I wanted to know if he was uh, related to Danny DeVito, the actor. <laughs> but then I found out that Tommy DeVito is not related to Danny DeVito. But there's a, another Tommy DeVito – that was a singer and, and to play Jersey Boys, that's based off him. So they're going to beat the mess out of this Tommy DeVito kid on Sunday. Um, there was some talk about, hey, are you surprised that Matt Barkley's not starting? Because Matt Barkley's got a little more experience and that kind of thing. And one of the Cowboys coaches was, was saying no because DeVito knows the system and he's a mobile quarterback, so he'll be fine. But the Cowboys are going to beat, beat this kid up pretty good because they beat up Matthew Stafford two weeks ago, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, so this defense has been outstanding all year. They, they force turnovers. You guys know about Michael Parsons. Mm. He's all over the place. You know, uh, they lost uh, Trayvon Diggs, but they got Deron Bland, who's had three pick sixes this season, uh, including one against the Giants uh, in the rain in, in the opener. So, Dan Quinn, is, he's just like, I cannot wait till these boys come into AT&T Stadium <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. Well, Calvin, um, that's mm-hmm. why they pay you the big bucks to watch games like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thanks for a couple minutes. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Thank All you, right, Calvin. Calvin. Thanks so much. That's Calvin Watkins. Gordon, Calvin, uh, for a, probably for – maybe for a cup of coffee he was here. Mm-hmm. He uh, covered the Jets for a minute mm-hmm. um, when they were, you know, one of those years. So he's he's a good guy. He does a great job down in Dallas. It I feels like he's been in Dallas days. for a very long time. Yeah, he's been there for a minute. He's been there for a minute. Uh, he's I think he had a couple of, of trips there. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, he, he does a nice job. I just want to apologize in advance. You know, like when you can see it coming, you know, you know, you, I'm sure he knows what he's in for. He saw it already this yeah. the season opener, and that was when the Giants were healthy and when they are now. So, whew, this yeah. could get ugly. And then even though they're not talking about that loss to Philadelphia, oh, you know they're, they're not gonna, happy with oh, that loss to Philadelphia. They're going so, to they're work out some frustrations this yeah, week. Yeah, they are. They are. This is, this is you know, uh, this is not going to be. And, and you know who's going to get the bulk of the, of the attention. It's going to be Saquon Barkley because he's, mm-hmm. you know, the main person that they have on the offense. So. We didn't want us to trade you. Okay, here we go. Be, it, could be, it could be tough. It could be tough. Yeah. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight. Hardesty and Damon to the top of the hour. Gordon and I will talk about a couple of the games that are featured this week in the National Football League. Gordon, we'll start early in the morning. Early in the morning, Gordon. 
Indianapolis against the New England uh, Patriots. The Colts playing their second regular season international game in franchise history. They, they, they were 2016 in London against Jacksonville. Last week, it was Gardner Minshew. Completed 17 of 26. Uh, 127 yards in the touchdown. Jonathan Taylor led the team with 69 scrimmage yards, 40, 47 rushing, 22 receiving, and also had his first touchdown catch of the season. And then when we talk about uh, the New England Patriots, guess who showed up? Juju Smith-Schuster. Season highs in catches, Gordon, with six. Receiving yards, 51 last week. Has got five-plus catches and 85-plus yards in three or four games against the Colts. Can they keep both those teams there? Can they can they force them to stay in Germany? You you're you're here now. You just you stay here now. Because I don't think I don't think anybody really wants them back. Let's put it, especially no. not the Patriots. What a disaster of a, of wow. a season that has been! Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Can he sub, can can Belichick survive this? I think he'll survive this season. But after the season, unlike uh, Hal Steinbrenner, who talked about having some difficult conversations. The Patriots are actually going to have to have some difficult conversations. Well, I think the first thing they need to do is fire him as GM. He can still be the head coach. How about this? From, <laughs> how about this from a story in the Athletic about the Patriots' dysfunction mm-hmm. after their recent loss? After the games, uh, Jack Jones liked a tweet saying that he should have pled guilty to charges that he faced for bringing a loaded gun into the airport at the beginning of the season implying that the alternative would have been better than oh, wow. playing with the current Patriots. Unbelievable. Oh, boy. Jones liked the tweet. Not a teammate. Yeah. He himself liked the tweet. Unbelievable. Yikes. Tells you what you need to know. Yeah. This should be a good one, Gordon. Cleveland at Baltimore. Browns lead the NFL in total defense. They allow 234, just under 235 yards per game. And pass defense at 150, 145 passes, uh, passing yards per game. And are the first team in 41 years to allow 100 or fewer yards in two of the first eight games of the season. For me, this is all about offensively. It's about Deshaun Watson. Last week, uh, 219 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, a 105, 107.5 rating last week. And then when you talk about Baltimore, listen, uh, Lamar Jackson has been really, really good, Gordon. 21 of 26 last week for 186 yards. Rushed for 60. Aims for fourth in a row with no interceptions and a 90-plus rating. Had four touchdowns, two passes, and two rushing and no picks. In, uh, and a 142.5 rating in week four meeting. And has no picks in his last six of seven meetings against Cleveland. This should be a good one. Yeah, tough defense that he's going up against, and um, it, it feels like every time somebody starts talking about a team being the best team or being a top team, that's when they get knocked off, and the and the Ravens have certainly been rolling as of late. But you have to wonder, is Lamar Jackson now the favorite for MVP this year? Yeah, It's yeah. a little early. Certainly things could change uh, after this week. But uh, second MVP... It's, it's possible. He certainly has looked great so far, and he's lived up to that contract. Houston visits Cincinnati. C.J. Stroud completed 30 of 42, 470 yards, and not one, not two, not, never mind, five touchdowns and no picks. Most passing yards ever in a single game by rookie, highest rating ever, minimum 30 attempts. Became the second rookie ever with 400-plus yards and five-plus touchdown passes in a game. The other one was 
Matthew Stafford. And then speaking of great quarterback play, how about Joe Burrow? 31 of 44 for a season high, 348 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. 108.9 rating last week. His fourth straight game with two-plus touchdown passes. Has two touchdown passes in three or four home games this season. Since week five, leads the NFL with a 75% completion percentage. Well, Houston's looked good. This week we get to find out if they are really good. Uh, then the Bengals are banged up, uh, especially at wide receiver Jamar Chase. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he didn't practice yesterday. I'm pretty sure T. Higgins did not practice today. So... Uh, they have some some major injuries just when they get the quarterback healthy. Now the wide receivers are banged up. Yeah, it's tough. Niners travel to Jacksonville to face the Jags. Brock Purdy leads the NFC quarterbacks and ranks second in the NFL with a 105.4 rating in 2023. Had career highs in passing yards and rushing yards in week eight. But Gordon, he's gone through a stretch where he has not been as tidy as we've seen him before. Yeah, well, look, uh, Niners, they've been struggling. Three straight losses. Now they add Chase Young. Jacksonville has surprised me a little bit this year, but Mm -hmm. um, they're at home. Can they keep that that slide for the Niners? The Niners are a perfect example. Just when everybody starts to, oh, the Niners, the most complete team, Brock Purdy, blah, blah, blah. They've fallen on hard times. So uh, that's a very interesting game this week. It is because the Jaguars have the NFL's longest active win streak at five games and can win six straight within a single season for the first time since 1999. Trevor Lawrence, Gordon, last week, 24 of 32 for 292 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Here's the next game. We got the Saints and the Vikings. Both teams are at five and four. Derek Carr, 25 of 34 for 211 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. In week nine, aims for his third in a row with two-plus touchdown passes. Alvin Kamara leads all running backs and receptions with 43, ranks third in receiving yards, 272. Of course, the Vikings, um, listen, it's the Joshua Dobbs show there, Gordon. 20 of 30 last week, 158 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he didn't know the offense. What can he do now that he's had another week to learn it? Right. Forget <laughs> about the offense. He got to learn some guys' names. Yeah. Right? Instead really? of, hey, you over there. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating story. And uh, let's be honest. If the Vikings go out and win another game this week against a team in the Saints, that's, you know, not bad. They're, 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 they're in line for a playoff spot. And they do it with Josh Dobbs. Yeah. What does that say about the Jets? No. Not going out and getting some. Oh, they can't come in and learn the system. They can't do They're better. Right? Yeah. The, the, the Vikings are better because they went out and got Josh Dobbs after the injury to Kirk Cousins. It will. You can imagine the amount of phone calls, Larry. We will get if that if the Vikings go win another game with Josh Dobbs as the quarterback, and the Jets lose with Zach Wilson again. Oh boy, this Jet thing, uh, Gordon. It's, it's backup quarterbacks have been an issue for them for the three years that Wilson's been here. First well, year they it, didn't it, have any, right. and then and then last year, you know, you had Mike White. You had uh, you know, it was, it's been a mess. A mess. It does not feel like this year they went out to get the best backup quarterback. They went out to get somebody who was not as good as Zach. Yeah. And that's tough to find. Yeah. And uh, it's costing them right now. Mm-hmm. Green Bay will visit Pittsburgh. Matt LaFleur, the head coach, 50th regular season win as the Green Bay head coach in week nine. They have the most regular season wins among NFC teams since LaFleur joined them in 2019. Jordan Love, he continues to show you some signs, Gordon, 20 of 26. 
for 228 yards, a touchdown, no picks. His third career start with a 110-plus rating, has two-plus touchdown passes, and a 90-plus rating in three of four career road starts. And then on the other side is Kenny Pickett, completed 19 of 30 for 160 yards in the touchdown, fourth straight game with no interceptions. But, Gordon, you're starting to see Najee Harris give you a little something. 76 scrimmage yards, 69 rushing, 7 rece- receiving, and had a rushing touchdown last week. Well, I would say this. If, if, uh, if Mike Tomlin is able to get this Steelers group, oh. this Steelers offense, into the playoffs this year, he's coach of the year because that offense yeah. stinks. Uh, the, yeah. the quarterback's not very good. Their play calling is not very good. I think they have some weapons around the quarterback, but it's just not a good offense. Uh, but, uh, and this is a winnable game for them at home. Right, mm-hmm. against the Packers team that is, is certainly struggled, so this is one they gotta get. Tennessee is at Tampa Bay. Gordon, both teams are three and five. Will Levis completed twenty-two of thirty-nine for a career high two hundred and sixty-two yards last week. Can become the first quarterback in franchise history with two hundred and twenty-five plus passing yards in each of his first three career starts. Oh, by the way, Derrick Henry still just rolling along, leads the team with 102 scrimmage yards, 75 rushing, 27 receiving, had a rushing touchdown last week, his third straight game with a 100-plus scrimmage yards and fifth this season, tied among running backs with Christian McCaffrey. And when we talk about Tampa, we talk about Baker Mayfield. He was 21 of 30 for 265 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, season high 119 rating in week number nine. Mike Evans, of course, leads the team with 87 receptions, 87 receiving yards last week as one of two, Tyreek Hill, with 500-plus receiving yards and five-plus receiving touchdowns. There are many times this year I regret not getting Sunday ticket. Titans, Buccaneers, Larry, is not one of those times. (laughs) Nor is Atlanta, Arizona. (laughs) No, not not one that I'm going to be regretting. (laughs) Taylor Heineke passed for 268 yards in the touchdown first start of the season last week. Aims for his seventh start in a row with a touchdown pass. Has five touchdowns and an interception in his past three road games. I guess here the interesting thing is uh, will Kyler Murray officially make that season debut? 2,368 passing yards, 418 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. That's 14 passing, three rushing, and 11 starts in 2023. Completed uh, 27 of 37 attempts. So, uh, you know, looking to see whether he will, um, you know, be that I, guy. They are so stupid. If they let him play at all this year, I, I would I would sit him out for the whole year. We're terrible. We're going. We're one and eight. Our defense couldn't stop a sneeze. Go sit down. We we got to get that first pick, and then if we want to keep Kyler Murray, great. We'll trade away that pick, and we'll have picks coming for the next five years as a result of trading away that number one. I need that number one pick, and if the Cardinals blow that intentionally by putting Kyler Murray in. Uh, they're morons. Yeah, I agree. Detroit at the Chargers. That's one of the 4 o'clock games this Sunday. Jared Goff completed 26 of 37 for 272 yards and a touchdown pass in Week 8. It's one of three NFC QBs, along with Kirk Cousins and Sam Howell, with 270-plus passing yards per game. Uh, obviously, you know, it's it's about the receivers out there, Gordon. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is the guy. He is, he's just been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. 100-plus receiving yards in five of the past six and aiming for his fourth in a row. And then there's the Chargers. We saw them on um, Monday night. Justin Herbert aiming for his third in a row with no interceptions. Has a 97.3 rating and four home starts. But to be honest, Gordon, you know, give, give kudos to the Jet defense. He didn't look good passing the football Monday. 
No, he did not. He took a bunch of sacks. I think his his average uh, yard per attempt was like five yards or something like that. He was he was getting roughed up, and I know he has that that injury on his non throwing hand. And mm-hmm. there's receivers that are banged up, and they, they're missing some. The Chargers are always the Chargers. I mean, they, they yeah. they're just always it's always less than the sum of the parts. And the Lions, I think they're going to get on a little roll here. So uh, I would expect uh, the Lions to go into L.A. And, and and take care of the Chargers, especially with the Chargers coming off a win. As soon as you start to feel good about the Chargers, <laughs> the other shoe's going to drop. No question about that. They'll find a way to blow a game. Mm-hmm. Somebody will. Coach, player, yeah, oh, somebody. Long <laughs> list of candidates there, absolutely. Washington at Seattle. Sam Howell completed 29 of 45 for 325 yards in the touchdown and an interception last week. But he's starting to come on a little bit. And then, of course, Geno Smith did not have a good game last week. He's got 21 touchdowns and 10 picks in his past 13 home starts. But last week he did not play well as they got blown away by Baltimore. Yeah, he's kind of come the, – the, the great story that was last year has kind of come back to the pack a little bit now. He's not, he's not bad, but it's just not where it was last year. And, and, the, and the commanders, I think, are bad, but they're fun. They're fun to watch. Mm. They, they move the ball around. The quarterback is either taking a sack or throwing the ball 20 yards down the field and stuff like that. So um, that, could be a, that could be a fun game to watch. Yep. Uh, Giants-Dallas 425. Uh, Jets Raiders <laughs> 825. Okay, <laughs> but I will tell you about the other game that we have on Sunday, Gordon. It's Denver at Buffalo, and obviously, you know, it's Russell Wilson had three touchdown passes, no picks in Week Eight. His 43rd career game with three plus touchdowns. Uh, Courtney Sutton, the wide receiver, touchdown catch in five of the past six in each of the past three. Uh, Jerry Judy, 50 receiving yards and one touchdown catch of the season in Week Eight. So they're showing some signs, but. Once again, Gordon, it, it, you, you're looking to see what's happening with the Bills. Josh Allen completed 26 of 38, had two touchdowns, one passing, one rushing last week. They're just not – they're not no. – I know this is a baseball term, but they're not playing crisp football right now. They just aren't. They will at times look like, ah, there's the Bills. There they are. Here they come. They're going to take care of business. And then all of a sudden, for, for no rhyme or reason, it just they take the foot off the gas or – uh, they don't look right, and it almost feels like they have never recovered from that game last year with DeMar Hamlin and yeah. all that type of stuff. It just doesn't yeah. seem like they've ever been right since then, and they have it's not true. been right so far this year. This would be the game to get right against a Bronco team at home. That's the one where you go out and you score 35 points. We'll see if that's the case this week. Those are the games in the National Football League for Week 10. Hmm. Not, not a big Sunday ticket week. <laughs> no, there's some good games, couple, but there's some. There's also some real, very high ceilings and some very low floors. Larry. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. So, Gordon, what you got planned for Saturday for our listening audience when they join you? How's your, how's your picks coming along? Oh, well, I, I gave uh, both Joe and Harvey veto power on the picks last week. And, oh, okay. Um, they, they did not uh, institute that veto power. And, and so the reason that I went wrong was because they didn't do their jobs. Okay. So they'll do their one, jobs. This one week. and two week last week. Uh, I took mm-hmm. the Jets and the Giants, and we know how that went. So, but this is the week, Larry. This is the week we turn it around. Okay. Sounds good. Lock it in. But good. Uh, someone had suggested a couple of years ago when the Jets and Giants were both horrendous, 
We used to do the polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings. I remember those. The Giants' performance and their future for the rest of the season, there's a very good chance the poop rankings return this week. Wow. Mm. That's how, that's how the, the mighty have fallen, Larry. Yeah. It's really, it's really amazing, Gordon. You know, Calvin is right. Calvin Watkins that we had on earlier. I mean, this giant team wasn't bad that long. It doesn't seem like they were bad that, that they were pretty good not that long ago. Well, feels like a long Just, time ago now. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not jet, it's not jet years, but still, no, but it's, yeah, it's been a while. I know it's been a while, yeah, but, but 2016, they they're averaging like four wins a season outside of last year. It's just four, yeah. win, four wins, Larry, year in and year out in the NFL. Yeah. You're supposed to have some fluctuation. Yeah. It's bad. It's crazy. It's crazy. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? We're good, Tommy. What's going on? I uh, just wanted to point out real quick. Um, I think it's so impressive that the Rangers are off to this start, uh, being down probably the best goalie in the world and one of the best defensemen in the world. And I think this really shows that aside from professional football, uh, coaching is most important in hockey, mm. like by, by far. Listen, Tommy, they look good. There's no question they about it. Fantastic. And, and, and they continue to win, and you're right. I mean, going on the third goaltender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the injury, and and I got to say, uh, Shesterkin has been very good, but he he's not he has not been the way he was his first year when they went on that deep run. Mm-hmm. But he's still very good, and the fact that you can it shows depth, and and the fact that they've got their third in Louis Domingue mm-hmm. because you can't say Domingue, you got to say Louis Domingue, Gordon. You got to say the whole got to say the whole yeah. name, the whole thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Uh, and he was he was really good tonight. So listen, um, I gotta start watching hockey more. I maybe I gotta get into hockey. I can't take these football teams. These football <laughs> teams. <laughs> I've tried a bunch of times to try to get into the hockey. Lagrec yeah, has always wanted me to get into. The, I just yeah. can't do it. But yeah, maybe the the uni- the sports universe, Larry, is 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 giving me a sign saying get out yes. of this football game and and go watch some hockey for a change. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gordon, I have a question for you, and this is for uh, the folks who like who who like shekels. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. You know, holidays coming around. Um, Gordon, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, Rutgers, Iowa. Oh God, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I I would wait, wait. instinctually say against Rutgers, but uh-huh. uh, they've been better. They they you know they've 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 shown some progress now here, but I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about the college game, but based on my NFL picks, I don't know anything about that either. So who knows? This is it, Gordon. Uh, they're sitting at a historic low as of yes as of this morning. The over under total for the Hawkeyes home game against Rutgers sat at a consensus twenty eight. That's the loss of any college football game since at least 2000. Yeah. And look, that's the, pretty the, bad. The, the, I know Iowa's offense has been horrendously bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rutgers has uh, done a nice job so far this year. They have. Chopping wood. Yeah. Chopping six and wood three, again. you know? Yeah. Joe, Joe's taking the under. <laughs> right. <laughs> and keep in mind, like two of those losses, the Michigan game and the, the Ohio State game, you're not really expecting no, to. Exactly. Exactly. You're not winning those, but you no, know, you, 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 you didn't embarrass yourself. So that's no. a good thing. You didn't this week, they got to get a win, though. They definitely do. All right, my friend, have a fabulous weekend. Be good on Saturday. I will see you Monday night after the Knicks and Celtics. That Sounds good, good, Larry. One. 
All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Uh, Harvey, Joe, thank you very much. Have a good weekend, everybody. Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN.